Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. You guys are going to love my guest today. I had so much fun with this podcast. I think I laughed the whole way through. Her name is Donna Meadow, and she is a passionate advocate for helping women find love and recognize their self-worth in personal relationship. Her journey from personal struggles to becoming a, quote, doctor of dating is really remarkable. She's had years of intense study. She's written books, had tons of interviews. She's developed her unique, smart dating approach, all of which is designed to help women navigate the complexities of dating and find love where it truly belongs. Donna's work resonates closely with my own work as a badass coach, as she touches on many of the same things that I do with my clients. So join us as we explore her inspiring journey and the transformative power of smart dating for women seeking love and fulfillment in their later years. You're going to love it. Welcome everyone to another episode of The Art of Badassery. I am so excited today to introduce my guest as she is a true powerhouse of inspiration and empowerment. Donna Metter whose last name echoes better, is a certified women's empowerment coach and holds a doctorate in dating, making her an expert in relationships and personal growth. But her journey to this remarkable point in her life was not without its challenges. Donna is a recovering widow, and it was through overcoming adversity that she found her strength and resilience. But that's not all. Donna's accomplishments are nothing short of awe-inspiring, as a five-time internationally best-selling author, speaker, and winner of the prestigious Forbes Riley 2020 Power Couple of Excellence Award, she has repeatedly proven she's a force to be reckoned with. Her creativity and vision also shine through as the co-creator of the TV show, The Matter Effect, where she continues to impact the lives of countless individuals. And if that weren't enough, she is the brilliant mind behind the S-M-A-R-T Dating Academy, helping people navigate the intricacies of relationships with wisdom and grace. Donna's roots roots trace back to Nutley, New Jersey, where she grew up surrounded by a close-knit community of about 100 kids on her street. Those formative years gave her a sense of blessing and shaped her journey toward greatness. While she never imagined her extraordinary path during high school, life eventually unveiled its mysteries leading her on a journey of personal development, self-improvement, and an insatiable thirst for understanding. Her unstoppable passion for making a difference in people's lives blossomed. And today, she sits before us as a beacon of inspiration. So everyone join me as we delve into the depths of Donna Metter's story, a tale of resilience, growth, and unwavering determination to impact the world positively. Donna, welcome. It's an absolute honor to have you here on my show. I think it's more of my honor. Anybody who writes a book and has a title in there or a chapter saying naughty girls don't get dinner. Well, it the, the pleasure and the honor is mine, Mahara. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm, it's funny when you said that. I'm like, oh, that sounds like my book. Oh, that's my, that's my story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, folks, those of you that are watching are going to see, first of all, that we other than she's white and I'm not, we're a lot alike. When we met about four weeks ago, we just broke into laughter. When yeah. Zoom opened up and we saw each other, we're like, you're a lot like me. And um, there's going to be a lot of laughter today, but there's also going to be some really profound conversation because we've already touched on it before. Donna, mm-hmm. talk to us about your obsession today and where it came from. I'm happy to talk to you about my obsession because I can't stop talking about it, Mahara. And isn't it funny how life sort of, we build it backwards. Like my obsession today is a result of my experiences that I've been through. Isn't that the case with all of us? And if we're lucky and we recognize and acknowledge and understand that the adversity we go through 
can catapult us into a place that we never thought of going. And that's the same, no different for me, same for me. And my obsession is helping women who are later in life. And I'm going to say that means any time after any, any age after 30, right? Uh, who are looking for love in all the wrong places, who don't understand their value when it comes to personal relationships. There's a lot to be discussed when it comes to business. How much are you getting paid? Are you getting paid the same amount as your male coworkers? But I was always just hooked on the, the intricacies of the relationship aspect. And I did not understand my value uh, in a relationship, sitting at the table, what I brought to the table, I didn't understand it. And so, like a lot of people, I had a starter marriage. <laughs> it came and left very nicely within five years. Then I had a bout of chronic fatigue. We won't get into that. And when I finally uh, decided to get back out there and date, I was 42 years old. What do you do? And I'm in Manhattan, New York, by the way. What do I do? What do I do? How do I get out there? And boy, is that scary. You know, talk about putting yourself on a shelf and going, I'm here, anybody, anybody? And you feel like everybody is walking past you. That's a very vulnerable place to be for a lot of women at 42, especially, right? You're going back out there going, now what? Okay. So I did that journey. It took me three years of figuring out, well, the first year was, why am I dating? I'm not having fun. There's something wrong with this picture. I read all the books, Mahara. I studied dating like it was a college course. That's why I say I have my doctorate in dating, which is, and by the way, I've trademarked that. Uh, I went out there and figured it out. I studied. I read all the books. I interviewed women. I talked to people on subways, buses, next to them on in a restaurant. I mean, I just chatted and talked my way because I couldn't figure out. I wanted to know how to have fun regardless of the outcome. And I came to find out everybody wants the same thing. Nobody wants to be alone. Right? So I broke it down. I broke the code. And that's why I created my smart dating um, uh, workshops and master classes because I got it down. I took the formula and I have it down pat. Okay. And so I, Sorry. I know I'm ahead of myself, right? There's so much that I want to hear about that. But before we jump into the formula, what was what were some of the things that you learned that were a big a bit of a surprise to you? Like, so I pictured you on the subway talking to somebody, and I could just see you going, "Huh? Oh, gee, yeah. that makes sense to me now. Who knew I was going to learn from this little old lady sitting beside me?" Oh yeah. What are some of the things that you learned that were a surprise? A big one was, and this to me still holds true today. And I recently had a workshop, and I asked the ladies in the room. And they agreed with me. So we're going back now to 20-something years ago. The big aha at that time, and it's a big aha to people today, are when you are dating, you'll see you're on a dating app. Now, I know you're married, so you're not on any dating apps. And I don't know when the last time you were, if you were ever on a dating app, Mahara. But if you're out there dating, dating app is another way to meet somebody. You could meet them at a single dance, a social event. You could meet them uh, on a blind date. And the rule of thumb for somebody you haven't ever met before when you date, the first three dates, if you don't want to see each other again, whether it's them or you, you don't, it does not require a conversation. We do not need to break up. This is not a relationship. Well, I know, Right interesting now i've gotten pushback from that but at the end of the day when the women have gotten comfortable with understanding what i'm saying to them they know I, they say tell me I'm, you're 100 right 100 right you do not you're not in a relationship when you have a date with somebody one two or three times that's not a relationship that's a date and it works both ways <laughs> and i'll tell you why my mind is blown because the, the little girl in me that was raised to be, speak when spoken to, be nice, be proper. What I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that that would be mean of me not to tell him, thank you for your time or thank you for the coffee or thank you for the. Yes. Donut. 
but the flip side of me, the the new the now grown up girl who is you know self proclaimed badass, understands a hundred percent. Right. But it's just interesting that the minute you said it, I still had that feeling of oh, you're gonna get in trouble. La 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 la. la. That is so naughty. That's not naughty. It makes well. I hope it's naughty. I want it to be naughty. No. So yeah, it does make sense. Now here's the thing. I agree with you. If we were back 40 years ago, 30 years ago, it would have been rude. It's not rude. It's the way the system works now. There is so much reaching out on apps, texting people. It's just a different world. Now, I'm not saying you don't thank somebody for taking you out at the moment. Okay. And if you want to, and I always... When I first started dating, I always went out at least twice with somebody, unless I got a terrible feeling the first time. But you'll be surprised at how many times somebody will ghost you first. That's called ghosting, right? They will ghost you first because they're not feeling it. And this is a way for you to understand this is not personal. Dating is not personal. This title of this book that i wrote started to write in 2004 and published it 10 years later in 2014 occurred on a date i was on a date with a a guy a nice nice guy and we were talking about why do people get so upset when you don't call them back or why don't why do they think you know why don't they understand that it's not personal and i said no it's not personal and at that moment, the title of my book was born before a word was written. I love that. But here's the thing. So much in life is not personal. And Correct. one of the things that I work with my clients so much about is this idea. We, we all, myself included, take everything personally. It's about me. The reason that person across this, the room at this party has is cross-eyed, it's all about me. Right. I off in some way. I don't even know the guy, right? I'm so proud of you. That's so good. But it's true. So I love that you brought that up. And folks, just so you know, as always, I will be dropping into the show notes links to purchase that book and anything else, anything else juicy of hers that you need to know and join. So don't don't fret. The information will be there for you. Okay. So you wrote the book. You sat. It took you ten years to write the book, or you had the experience. Years. Yeah, it took me a few years to write it. Uh, I always tell people I stopped the well, I stopped writing the book about three years in when I met my late husband. I stopped the research. <laughs> and so then I, you know, at that time, it was not affordable to, to publish books, Mahara. It was a big endeavor. And so by the time I was ready to publish it, I found a way to do it. And just a few short years later, a way to actually do it affordably. It wasn't, I wanted a print book. It was, I didn't want it just digitally and things became more affordable. So I was able to actually print it in 2014. And right now it's gaining more momentum, which is amazing to me. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Why? Because I'm, I'm now an expert. I have all these years under my belt. And by the way, I never saw that guy again. He never called me. And it was fine. And it wasn't personal. And we had a nice time that night. And I thanked him for dinner. And he paid for dinner. That's another thing that people get hung up about in our day and age. I have women who tell me, well, I don't know. If I if I let them pay, then they're going to expect sex. Um, or they're going to expect something. And I say, no, no. It is a way to find out where a man's values are. If he's an alpha male, if that's what you're looking for. Like, that's the way you allow a man to step into who he is. It's just as important, Mahara. Women, and I'm sorry, we were sold a bill of goods in the 70s. Okay. And I'll tell you something right now. This is the first time I'm going to actually say this publicly. I had my last master class, my last dating, smart dating boot camp. Uh, I came to find out that the women in the room, and I had them from 30 years old to 82. Okay. The, the, the almost unanimously, the, their viewpoint was, I don't necessarily need a man to take care of me, but I want a man who wants to take care of me. Listen to that. Let that sit for a second. Because what were we, I, I'm getting chills. What were we told in the 70s and 80s? We, we can bring home the bacon. We can fry it up in the pan. We don't need you. And 
full circle, X amount of years later, we're saying, but I don't want that. I want a man to want to take care of me. Wow. Wow. That is very upsetting. I know. I feel like crying. I do. I, but I'm so happy for the real understanding of this for women. Um, It's one of those, it's like a, it's like a fairy tale that isn't so much fun, but you can't seem to get out of it. You know, we've, we've created this, I can do be anything desire, but there are still so many things that are blocking. So some of these things are so deep seated. They're generational. Yes. And we, it's hard. It's hard to even recognize them. Well, that's the first step, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, until it slaps you in the face or until something tragic happens or anyway, I love that you are doing this work. Um, is that your first, is that your only book? No, you've done more. Talk about some of the well, other Well, I've, I've written other books that are collaborating books and every chapter in any of the books I've written and they're all on my Amazon uh, Author Central page, talk about dating, <laughs> talk about relationships because I, 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 it, I weep at the thought that we got up and ran in the 70s to accomplish this career thing which i think is beautiful and we didn't take any time to focus on the the basics the foundation of our entire life which is relationship driven now i will tell you i am a strong woman i'm a badass i'm a strong woman i'm independent but i will tell you with my now husband now because i did get remarried i went back to my own book and read it again and figured out what i did so good the first time i wanted to do it again I am stronger and more powerful with him. Okay. And this is what I want women to understand. Nobody's telling you to stop working or stop creating. I'm saying, find that peace. And you're a hundred percent correct, Mahara. I have been to mediums, uh, clergy, psychics, uh, NLP, all, you know, all kinds of ways to release the story that we have going on, that our subconscious is driving that ship, right? And to release it so I can step into my fullest potential. Absolutely. I love it. Um, I think one of the things that I, I know, my children, I have two girls, two, and they're tw almost 20 and almost 25. And the underlying principle that I have, I hope have that I've taught them is you matter. And I'm wondering if you found this in your own work that so many times, despite our smile, our um, the language that we use, deep down inside, there are some wounds that are so deep that we don't realize a great relationship with somebody else will flourish once we have a great relationship with ourselves. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I set out on a personal development journey that lasted, first of all, it's still going on, but it was pretty deliberate and lasted at the time, probably 20 years. And I'm so grateful for that journey. And, 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 and it was during my chronic fatigue years. So I just turned, because here's the thing, I'm all about taking responsibility, who we are and what we're about. I'm not a victim. I'm not about to blame others. I don't care what the scenario is. So I dig deep. I get into my subconscious, work with NLP or hypnotic, whatever works for a person uh, and clear away, clean the path, clear it away so you can walk on that path nicely without having to jump through hoops and over obstacles and so forth. And then you, we are in a moment of allowing, allowing to receive love and abundance of health, wealth, and happiness, right? That's a beautiful place to be. Why is it so hard for us, though? Because even very recently, I had a conversation with my coach, and she said to me, full disclosure, people talk about being vulnerable on the air, but she said, <laughs> listen to yourself. Are you willing to accept abundance in your life? And I'm like, huh? What do you mean? I pray for it all the time. And she's like, I get that, but are you willing to actually accept it? And I didn't have an answer for her because I, I, I felt and I realized in that moment what she was saying was that the universe gives you what you are ready for and what you're capable of and what you're and what you're, you know, it's open armed. 
so we're we're all in we're all in uh we're in a law of, we're in a world of attraction and god and the universe will give us what we believe we can have because it's all coming down to the feeling of it right that's what dream boards are about that's what you know dr joe dispenza feelings of what we are competent he takes it he takes it and makes it scientific he shows you scientifically why it works abraham hicks shows you you know on the spiritual realm why it works and uh, i just had another quote i wanted to give you because i said oh so when people say to me how did you find love two times in a row i mean really most people can't find it once and i said and there's a longer version, but the short version is I focused on what I wanted, not what I didn't want. And I live my life that way, Mahara. I live my life that way. So powerful. One of the things that was said to me in, in a course that I'm taking, and it, it took a while. The first few times I heard it, I didn't quite understand it, but I wasn't going to admit that. <laughs> now I understand it. Yeah. Which is life happens for us. Yes. Not to us. Correct. And I think when you understand that, then life is completely different. And yes. on the other podcasts, and I've said this to, to clients, is that I now choose to picture my life as there's this plane. I, I'm in a purple room. I live in Alberta, Canada. But there's another plane that's happening at the exact same time. And I'm surrounded by love and light. I'm surrounded by, by my ancestors, by my angels, by spirits. And they want the best for me. And they are constantly putting things in my in my this plane for me to see and recognize and I'm working really hard to see it so when something happens that doesn't quite work for me I no longer point the finger and go what an asshole that guy's really you know this person or this situation I go oh what am I supposed to learn here because somebody went to a lot of trouble to orga to orchestrate that lesson for me yeah. I don't want to learn this lesson again so I better I better just sit down take a breath and learn it now well, and co-collaborating, co I mean, there's no mistakes in life. We, we, we magnetize each other. We, we are co-collaborating co here, Mahara. And uh, when, I, when I feel like there's a little bit too much white noise around me because people are talking and things are happening and I need to get, as soon as, as soon as I feel that I'm not feeling good, even if it's off this much, because you know what will happen if an autopilot's off this much, right? If they're off a quarter of an inch, they're going in a different direction, right? So if when I uh, recognize, acknowledge, and understand that I'm off kilter for whatever reason, I take a deep breath and I go literally sit in the grass. <laughs> I get my ass in the grass, my badassery in the grass so that I can get centered and honed in again. Because I don't want to make any decisions from a place of not feeling good. I want to feel great about whatever I'm going to respond to. Okay. So yes, life happens for us all the time, every day, all day long. And it's just a matter of, are we going to acknowledge it again, going from victim mode to, to, uh, to victory mode. All right. My reality, people say to me, you better look at reality. I said, I look at the reality of love every single day. I look at the reality of appreciation every minute. That's the world I'm living in. One of the most powerful things that I learned from um, Gabby Bernstein was she invited us to look at our life through the lens of love. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I have been changed since that because when I'm feeling um, stressed, angry, pissed, afraid, all of those things, I just take a deep breath. Really, I mean... I try to be very mindful of the breath and everything. And I, 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 I re-look at the situation through a lens of love. And it's a whole new movie. It so, is a whole new movie. Good girl. Good for you. In that movie. Oh, my gosh. That's my favorite color purple. You know, it's all it's, it's just different. Um, and I love that you've brought in so many of these really powerful uh, spiritual understandings and practices to the dating world. I want to go back to some to your smart dating. You mentioned it earlier. I was a little bit gobsmacked when you said you've got people from 30 to 82. Yeah. The 82 year old wants to date. Yeah. I love that so much. I can't even stand it. And I feel badly that I love it because I shouldn't be shocked by that, but 
you know, 82 is near the, it's really, that's kind of towards the end of your life. Well, you would think. Maybe, I mean, maybe not. Well, <laughs> well, and good for you. And I, you know, you, you know, you're, you're right on mark. I think it's, a, I think that's a message that needs to get out there. We don't just shut down because we, we start gaining some years. We, we, what, we're going to wither and go away. And we, listen, we, how many, it wasn't long ago when we used to think 60 was old. Okay. And I'm 64 now having the time of my life with an amazing man who does nothing but lift me up daily, helps me to see the person I am every day. And I help him see the person he is every day. And so I, we're about bringing intimacy back into relationships. My smart dating class, again, is talk about building it backwards, right? The smart dating class came because I started to realize I had a system. I mean, I found love two times in a row. So what did I do? So I had to sort of back up and go, okay, what did I do? I did this. I did. I mean, I had to start documenting and I have a whole whiteboard with post-its on it with, you know, moving those things around, trying to figure out. And I came up with a system and it's called the smart dating system. It's a formula. And, um, and I just am recently getting, I only had my first, um, my first, I'm getting so excited. My first smart dating boot camp about a few months ago, and I'm getting ready to launch another one. And so like in two weeks, I'm going to do a masterclass, which is a free one hour taster. Let them see if I'm the person for them. Let them see if I can help them because dating is not as organic as we'd like to think. I think we, I, I want you to go. I want, we got to talk about that because <laughs> there's this, this, and it's all about finding balance because what I was going to say is there's this misconception that if you, you know, just own, say what you want, ask for, you know, just put it out there. You'll, if it's meant to be, it'll be. But what I just heard you say that there is a formula to dating and there is, there's, you know, there's a, there's a way to do it. Right. That's kind yeah. of the opposite to that. And I want to hear more about that. I want to hear okay. more about that. Right now, right now, right now. Well, right now. In a, well, just sort of the background. I don't want you to give away any secrets, but no, no, it's okay. And the reason I the reason I say it is that my experience, uh, I am happily married. I've been married for twenty six years, I think. I'm not very good with dates, but <laughs> my boyfriend before my husband, okay, he broke up with me, and I wasn't devastated, but I was kind of like bummed because I thought, yeah. man, I'm in my late twenties. I'm really ready. Like, what the hell? And I remember my mom said to me. Bless her. She said, you know, sweetheart, you may not, it may not be for you in this lifetime that you're going to be married, but that doesn't mean you can't have a happy life. And my first reaction was anger. How could you say that to me? I want to be married. You're supposed to say, you know, screw that idiot. You're the best catch out there. But she didn't. She was very realistic. She said, look, just because you don't get married doesn't mean you can't have an amazing life. Right. Agreed. And when I calmed down, I realized what she was saying. And two weeks later, I met my husband. Of course. Of course. It's it's that kind of a, if I hadn't met him, I know I would have wanted to learn how to meet him. Sure. Yes. If you can't yeah. get it just naturally, the way yeah. things work out, then there is there is a way to go about it. So can you give us like an overview of that belief? I would love to, because I can't shut up about this stuff. Are you, were, you were in your 20s when you met your husband. Yeah, late 20s. Late twenties, perfect. And you were in college, getting out of college. No, I was. I, I was. I don't need. Yeah, I wasn't in college. I was just working. That's okay. Cool. So, I I dated at that time uh, when I was younger, and I met my first husband, and it was all very. I didn't know the system. I didn't know there was a system, <laughs> um, and so I just sort of took what came right. And for me, it was, uh, we, we, we went into it and then we went out of it all within five years. It was all very nicely laid out, very simple, no tears shed. It was amicable and fine. And as I started to regain the first time of going back out there again at 42, after the sickness and all that, I realized I was in a different world, right? I'm like, this is 15, 20 years later. What now? What next? Okay. And so that's when I started to read all the books and couldn't figure out why, why I was so frustrated after every single date. I was frustrated. I was not having a good time. I was disappointed. I would sit, I was desperate. I was sitting by the phone waiting for the text messages to come through. 
And so I started a journey to, to learn how to be happy regardless of the outcome. And that's where I'm at today. And that's where the, and that's what it's about. So am I telling women they have to be married to be happy? No, I'm saying if you're out there and you're dating and you're not having a good time or you're, you haven't met your special someone or you're, um, you just don't know what to do. That's then I'm your girl. Then I, then I, cause I got you, I got this, you know, it's like, I got now, am I, am I matchmaker? No, I'm not matching anybody up. I'm just bringing forth awareness for you to see when you're meeting somebody you really resonate with. And when you're not get rid of the stories. And I don't, I don't have NLP qualifications, but I do refer out. I say, look, this, if you've got a story going on about this and that's why you can't do that, find a way to release it, go to so-and-so check in with me. If you want a referral, like I just constantly, because it's all about that. If you're not happy with yourself, how in the world can you be happy with somebody else? But the stories I hear well, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I don't want anybody to uh, take over. I don't need them to be in charge. And I'm going story, 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 right? <laughs> because I've got more freedom and more independence and more ability to create more of what I want to create because I'm with an amazing man. I love it. So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I love that you shared that with us. What I keep hearing, not only in your world, but also in mine, personally and in professionally, is this idea of storytelling. Why, for the love of God, are we telling stories for the most part that don't work for us? That's a shitty story. Stop telling it. Yeah, no kidding. Amen. But I'm curious, though, what's, what's, uh, and, okay, that's, I do want to know about that, but I want to tie that into, have you always been this badass? Because I'm wondering if when you were in high school, you realized you were badass, or if you had great dating experiences when you were younger, you know, or a young woman, as opposed to a middle-aged. Middle I'd like to think I was badass. No, I was a Girl Scout till I was a senior in high school. I was a nerd. Um, I, you know, didn't kiss boys until I was, you know, near 17, 18. I, you know, were you authentic? Because really, oh, yes. Okay. That's, that's the thing, because I think it's the, it's our authenticity that propels us forward to make the decisions that work for us. Yes. Yes. I was very genuine. I didn't know how to be otherwise. I still don't. <laughs> I can tell. Awesome. But did I know about dating? No, I didn't know about dating. Here's what I did know. I had a fabulous first two boyfriends. Amazing. Really wonderful boyfriends. My first one loved him to pieces and I had to break up with him. Why? Because he wanted to get married. And I knew I had to go out and figure things out. I couldn't, I didn't see myself getting married at 18, 19, or 20. I had to sow my oats. I had to know what I, who I was, what I was about. And then my second boyfriend was 10 years older than me. And I really loved him. We went out for a long time, but I wasn't ever thinking marriage again. See, I wasn't thinking marriage. Now, here I am. Uh, four years with him he's 10 years older than me so he's thinking marriage I wasn't thinking marriage and so that had to be cut off when when he said to me I'm going to ask you to marry me in six months I started figuring out how many more months I had to be free that's not what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> um, he's a great man I'm sure he's still a great man but it was not for me the timing was not right but I will tell you 
when I went out at 42 and finally figured out I didn't know what I was doing and I was going out with these guys and I was sort of compromising with myself, I said, you know what? Stop. Let me think. Let me sit back and think. What did I love about my first two boyfriends? Let me conjure that up again. And so then I started to sift and sort inside my heart and figure out, well, I like this and that. So now I'm studying my intentions. You know what else you were studying? What comes to my mind is that um, we mirror, we attract what is in us. Yes. Back to what things that we don't like, they piss us off and we attract things that we love. So I think it's brilliant that you had the chutzpah to go back and question, what did I love about those boyfriends? Because really what I'm hearing is this is what I loved about myself. Oh my gosh, I was easygoing. I was open. I was honest. I was authentic. I was badass. I was kind, you know, whatever, whatever it was. Um, it's a great way to check in on what, what matters to you. And one of the first things I, I talk about with my clients always is, Let's get clear on your values because so often, and I think especially in the dating world, women get caught up in other people's expectations. And this is, I'm answering the societal values of what a woman should be, not what I think I should be, for example. Oh, beautiful. You know, one of my biggest badass moments was, and, and of course the audience now knows that I've been widowed. And when I went out to date again, I read my book and I locked in on the journey. Now, I don't have to censor my words, do I hear? (laughs) So when I decided to get back out there, and it's a longer story and it will be in my TED talk when I do that. But my story when I get on stages um, is pretty interesting. Uh, And this is where the badass comes in. Okay, so. I was eight months numb. So I wasn't looking for sex. I wasn't looking for intimacy. I was dead inside after my late husband passed. And um, I thought everybody got that way. I come to find out that's not so, that there are people who literally need to have sex right away, like snap, snap, snap. There's actually a term for that. It's called widho, just so you know. Yeah. So... (laughs) That's a real term, uh, and I was not a widow. I had no objection to being a widow, but I just wasn't. I was turned off. I was sad. I was really struggling. And so eight months uh, after his passing, I'm finally starting to get up and move around a little bit and get back into my world, you know, of routine. And I go to a business meeting, Mahara, and I'm walking around the room and I'm shaking hands and I'm saying hello. And I encounter a man I'd never met and never saw again. And right there, as we were shaking hands on the spot, tingles ran through my entire body. Holy crap, Mahara. I got turned on in a business meeting. My heart started to pound. My fingers got sweaty. I thought for sure everybody in the room was looking at me. And I I was so excited, like driving home. I was like so excited because like my body was alive again. And then I stepped in the house. And then I remembered that my husband was gone. So this is where I help widows understand their path and to be okay with it and to how to work through it a little bit. Um, It's amazing. And so four months after that, because I was thinking now, after I you know, I had a tantrum that night, right? I had a tantrum. I'm like, I'm so upset. But the next morning I woke up, I said, my body had woken up. I was grateful. What am I, what now? What next? What am I going to do? And I start going through the, the apps. I start looking through the dating apps. I'm trying to figure out because now my body's alive and I got, it needs some loving. You know what I'm saying? So I had a plan. I'm going to keep my, you know, my heart out of it, but my body in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> So now I'm moving forward, trying to figure out how to make that all happen. (laughs) That took about four months, but that's okay. And so I got on dating apps and you brought up something at the very beginning of this podcast. And I just want to show you something, if I can, I'm going to wrap it around to a loop, right? You said at some point in time, people think you can just sit there and wish for stuff or hope for things or feel good about, and it's going to come to you. When we truly understand the art of uh, the art of allowing, 
when we understand that, it's powerful. Now, so here I am, I'm looking on my dating app and I start, all of a sudden I get this idea. Wow. I loved my late husband, but what would I like today? I mean, I'm 10 years older. I've got 10 more years of knowledge, 10 more years of understanding, 10 more years of wisdom. So what does Donna want now? And it came to me like that. And I said, oh, I want a man with depth. My late husband was wonderful. He didn't have depth. He was an off-the-boat Italian, very black and white. He was valuable. He was amazing. He cherished me, which is what I wanted when I got married to him at 50. And now I was 60 or inching towards 60. And I was like, I want somebody with depth. And six months later, when I should have been on a uh, ship of a mentor, because I had researched this um, Alaskan cruise I wanted to go on with one of my mentor, one a mentor that I follow, instead of going on the cruise, I had a date with a man named Jeffrey, and he would become my husband. Never saw him coming, and I kept saying to him, "You do understand, I'm dating multiple men. I'm not interested in looking for love. I'm not." And he just kept smiling at me and nodding. <laughs> he knew on the second date he would spend the rest of his life with me, and it took me a little longer. I think it was another week. And then to deal with the feeling and the emotionalism of how do I, how do I decipher that I'm in love when I'm in love already? Like, how do I fall in love, but I'm in love already? And so this all, again, prompted the talks, prompted me. I'm a writer. I'm a creative writer. I want to make these words tangible for women to understand that loving another does not replace anybody. And I'll tell you, and my husband would tell you, that my late husband and my now husband and me, we all live very nicely together, okay? We live in harmony. There's no anger. There's no, uh, he doesn't ever feel like he's uh, in competition. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. What a fantastic story. And there's so much in that story that I that I love. And I, I'm sure our listeners will see it as well. And I think one of the, 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 one of the most beautiful things that I am resonating with and hearing you is, you gave yourself permission to feel and to grieve. You lost a beautiful man. And then you paid attention when your body said, I'm ready. Your body was telling you something. And, you know, on some level, you and that man had made a pact in another lifetime. I'm going to help you navigate back to feeling whole and loved as a woman. Right. So I think it's beautiful. But this idea that time is construct right there's a lot of guilt that widows may feel that i haven't grieved long enough i haven't been alone i haven't suffered enough i haven't loved him enough in death to uh, to justify bringing in somebody new and you have managed that and you've navigated that and you you do it with such an effervescence of love and light and and excitement it's wonderful to listen to but what are your clients what are some of the things that your clients struggle with the most is it this idea of people will talk if I start to date too soon? People will call me a widow, which, by the way, I've never heard of before. But, you know, it's there's no right or wrong. It just is. But right. what do your clients say is, is one of the things that they struggle with? It's a, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, a, a, I don't just uh, serve widows. I also serve divorcees or single women who have never been married. And um uh, and I never heard of that either. If I didn't become a widow and end up in a Facebook group of widows, I would have never heard the group. In fact, widows and widowers are called wids, generic term. So I would say across the board, whether they're widowed or not, their biggest ahas are coming from the realization that they do have a story going on. Like that, because I say to them, why do you think you're not dating? What is that about? Why do you think you're not? Why aren't you dating? Right? Why are you here with me today? And then the, what I hear, and then through the process of the of the boot camp or the course, is that they have a story going on. And then I help them diminish the story to help them see it a little differently. I'm not an NLP expert. Are you, I, I, I forgot, Mahar. Are you uh, certified in NLP? I'm not a certified NLP. I'm certified in the Mastery Method Coach. So I I help my clients through somatic, emotional, mental, behavioral, and, and 
a whole other thing, bunch of things, but okay. not, not, a, not NLP. Okay. And, and, and a lot of helping people readjust their stories, right? I mean, that's real. Isn't that the case for you too? I mean, your people, it's because they have a story going on. And by the way, Dr. Joe Dispenza says 50% of the story we tell ourselves isn't even accurate. Oh, I bet you it's even more than that. It's even more than that. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's it's terrifying, actually. Yeah. What what else? What is also terrifying is that despite the fact that we all you know we speak we we speak our native tongue, whether it's English or French or Spanish, whatever our natural language native language is, so many of us don't even use the words to tell the story accurately. So the mere fact that we are using language that isn't the correct language either diminishes or exacerbates the story one way or the other. Like it's, it breaks my heart that even I can say this, sorry, children, it breaks my heart that when I use certain words, you look at me like you don't know what that word means. Like, how do you not know the word heretofore? How do you not know that word? I grew up knowing that word. I don't know that word. They're like, cause we don't read those crappy books, mom. Right? Yeah. Crappy books are classics, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, kids are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, you know what I mean? Like we get so used to saying I'm stressed, I, yeah. I'm this, I'm that versus I'm lonely, I'm afraid, I'm disappointed. And I would even go a step further. Why? Because my quote, cry when you need to, laugh when you can. How did I meet love two times in a row? Be by focusing on what I wanted, not what I didn't want. So I actually live a pretty literal world. In fact, my now husband's pretty good at catching me. So when I say things, I'm not going to say I'm stressed, I'm sad. I'm, I'm going to say, well, I, I'm looking forward to feeling better. I'm looking, you know what? I'm going to go sit in the grass. I'm going to go put my head on that luscious pillow that I love so much because I want to shift my energy. Everything we attract is based on our energy, not what we say. That's why dream boards, people feel like they don't do anything because they're not attaching it to it emotionally and feeling it. You yeah. see? So it's so, um, yeah, I mean, listen, we live in a different, what I'm going to say now is probably what our grandparents said when we were growing. I mean, they, we, I ain't walked 15 miles to school, you know, <laughs> now we get on Zoom calls. <laughs> I had four Zooms in a row when I was your age. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, that's so funny. Um, oh my gosh, where are we? I this this conversation is so amazing. What is one thing that you would tell a young woman in her late teens or early twenties about herself? And how the how the relationship she has with herself may relate may end up affecting her dating. Is there any yeah. couple jewels that you would say to a younger person? It's really interesting uh, because I'm going to tell you no, and I'll tell you why. When you were 15 or 20, did you want to hear stuff like this? I mean, um, they're on a jury. So so let me reframe. Yes, if they're wanting to hear it, I'm all about. Speak. So I love my nieces and nephews and grandkids. And when they get to be an age where I can actually talk to them, that's me. Like, I'm all about that. Like, I love the little babies. And then I hold them for three minutes and I want to give them back because when they get right, when they get older and I can talk to them, now we can get into a relationship. Okay. And so I I can... I'm going to rephrase the question because I love that. Good, good call out. If a young woman came to you and said, Oh my goodness, you've got a doctorate in dating. I'm interested in dating. What's some advice you would give me? And by the way, I get that all the time. I get it all the time when we go out to eat because my husband is always loving on me publicly and say, my wife's an internet, you know, she's a best seller and she wrote a book on dating. She's a dating coach. And so I'm always getting that. And so I always say, start with my book. Start with my book. You've got to have a place to start. You know, you can see the, the limbs I've climbed out on and fell off a few you can start to realize that dating isn't scary you can let you can learn to laugh at yourself right that's where it comes from you've got to start to figure that out um and that i always tell them follow me on facebook you'll get nuggets there because i want to ease people into the understanding that there is something better for them out there and especially when they become better for them what i what i love so much about everything that you're saying is this understanding which may be a brand new understanding for some of us that 
dating doesn't have to be about finding a guy to marry. No. Dating can be about connection, honest connection, laughter, love, great food, great wine, great friends. It's not, if it leads to that, then that's what you're looking for. Beautiful. But it doesn't have to be all that and then some. It can just be a beautiful time for two hours out of your life of a hundred years where yeah. you, you know, clicked glasses with it with a beautiful person. Yeah, you're getting to know somebody you don't know. Yeah. You get to enjoy them. You might want just some companionship. My mom widowed at 86. My dad passed a few months before I married my now husband. And uh, I let my, my mother was my maid of honor. It was so sweet. And um, another badass movement, my late husband gave me away. What do you so mean? I, I walked into the uh, restaurant set up, you know, with holding him. And then my now husband walked up the aisle and I got to say goodbye to Pietro and put him on the table. And, and for me, now for some people, that was a little bit appalling. For me, it felt so right. And that's what, what being genuine is about. That's when you're a badass. When you do what you feel is right, regardless of what people are saying around you or whatever white noise is going on. And then you allow yourself to just be the person you were meant to be. And so um, my mother, tickled. this tickles me because my parents were married 65 years. Um, my mother has a gentleman friend and she's 90. Now he would love to get married and move in together. And she said, no, 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 no. I wanted a, I want a date. I wanted a date. I didn't want marriage. I wanted a date. And we were as her children, of course, want to make sure she's safe, but she knew him 40 years ago from, and my dad knew him. So they were just reunited. They have a nice companionship, a nice friendship. They get on the phone a couple times a day. Listen, they're each other's generation. Who else is going to be able to relate with that? So we're thrilled, you know, that mom has a friend and we like Jim and he's a great guy. And, and you know what? She, she could never marry him. Right. I mean, she just, they're just two different worlds they live in, but uh, you know, when you get to be 90, it's more about who's driving, who can drive, who can't drive. You know, it's all about that stuff. <laughs> um, That's so cool. What a fabulous story. It is cool. It's really cool. Okay, so let's let's do a, a quick recap of everything that we have touched on to see if there's more that you'd like to share with us and the listeners today. So we've talked about that you were kind of a nerd when you were younger, weren't really into dating, but you were you've always been very authentic. And for those of you that know me and listen to the podcast, badassery is all about being authentic, right? So, yeah, it's, it's so that's number one. You married your first husband, and it was sweet until it wasn't. But then it wasn't even that bad. Five years in, out, no tears, no fuss. You met a wonderful man, Pietro, super Italian guy. He was exactly what you needed and wanted in that moment. And he lived a full life and he left. And again, at 52, you were a widow. 42, you were divorced. At 52, you were a widow. And you decided to get back in the game. And you and I want to be very clear about this. You were very clear on what you wanted in a man. And to those of you that follow um, or are practicing manifestation, that is a, 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 that's a necessity. You will not manifest what you're not clear on because the universe does not know what to give you. So you were very clear on what you wanted. And I know from how manifesting works that you really connected with the feeling that it would bring you to be spend time with this man. And lo and behold, six months later, you met him. You have written an amazing book a long time ago, but it's it's gaining momentum. And I, as I mentioned, I will put the the in the in the show notes how you can get the book. Tell us a little bit more about your smart dating, because I've heard you say masterclass, boot camp, and course. And I want to make sure that I understand the difference between them. It, it's a wonderful thing when you're a creator and um, people listening to this podcast are probably entrepreneurs. So they will relate to me when I say to them, I'm working with a storytelling coach who's also assisted me with creating programs. And my first program, so I did my first, I did a first beta program a few months back, which was a, a boot camp. It was six days in a row, an hour and a half each day. 
uh, and I had 25 people in the room. And, you know, they did have access to recordings and so forth. So then when I got done with that, I realized, oh, I got to build something out, right? So then I extracted from that and made a master class that I'll be doing uh, when I do the master class. It's one hour. It will be no charge. It's free. I'm giving them my time with little snippets of who I am, what the story, what it's about to see if I'm a good fit for them and vice versa. And then I, and then I went deeper on the course. So I've got, you know, I've got this three-part master, uh, smart dating, masterclass, bootcamp, and course figured out how to go because people are going to want to go deeper and we can always go deeper. We can always go deeper. I didn't get to talk about sex and all kinds of stuff in the earlier class, right? And now they all voted. They don't want to do, see it six days in a row. They'd rather see it one day a week for six weeks. So, so I said, okay, you know, you, you want to listen to the people, right? So my my avatar, my target audience are women, professional women, professional women, um, divorcees, widows, never been married, who are looking for love in all the wrong places, just wanting to figure out how to do it. There is a system. It's a really simple formula, but people don't think about it. We don't think about dating the way we thought about anything else we did in our life. Isn't that amazing? I mean, there's a way to ride a bicycle. There's a way to go swimming, right? There's things you have to do to stay afloat, right? Same with dating. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I love it, I love it. I want one more nugget from you. I'll give you a nugget. Give me a nugget. Right now, I'll give jewels to the audience because I just, I love you, Mahara. I just think you, first of all, I think you're beautiful. I think you're, I mean, and I really, I'm like, look at her with that great hair and that beautiful smile and gorgeous skin. Holy mackerel. If you're not watching the video, go and watch the video because you can see what Mahara looks like. Really, I'm not just saying that. I just, as soon, you were striking as soon as I turned on the video. So that's really cool. Uh, I'm going to give your audience the ABCs of dating. And I'm not going to go deep. I'm just going to lay it out there so they can understand th this is like a basic formula to dating. A is to allow, allow only those who ensue to pursue. Ooh, think about that. What does that mean? Pick only those that want to be with you. Okay, that's A. B, blindfold. When you date with your eyes closed and you're dealing with your feeling rather than your sight, you will be able to see more clearly. It, it yeah that's a boom yep that's how I always dated I dated with my eyes closed people would say to me how could you go out with that person because I shut my eyes and I felt and that's what would make the de the determination for me doesn't that feel good oh that's so good that's a big nugget I hope you wrote that down ladies uh and C is for connect and you only connect with, on a date with somebody if there's at least three days out because three days out is um, emphasizing value, your value. If you're ready right away, what does that say? You're not that valuable. You're not that valuable. You're not busy. Nobody wants to be, nobody's not with you. You know, nobody's with you. And so the, the ABCs of dating right there, the allow, the blindfold, and the connect three days only if it's three days out are paramount to sifting and sorting so that the so that you can recognize and magnetize your prince in a pond full of frogs. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. She's a writer, folks. <laughs> That's beautiful. And you know what? Donna, there's so much that I loved about that, that I love about everything that you're saying. Beautiful energy. And we are going to do this again. Well, just so in case you didn't know that, I'm going to invite you back again. But I'm sure everyone that's listening has picked up some seed of wisdom, some pearl of wisdom. But underneath all of that, ladies and gentlemen, you deserve to be happy in your in life, whether it leads to marriage or not. That's not that's that's neither here nor there. But the bottom line is, give yourself permission to be yourself with joy and grace. And, and allow Mr. or Mrs. Perfect to come into your life because you deserve that happiness. And please check out all of Donna's great offerings because she knows her shit pretty clear to me. 
um, that you've been through, you've been through some tough times, but you've made the, you've made a decision to learn from it and you've created some great body of work for us to learn from you as well. I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Those of you that are listening, thank you for your support. I hope you like this conversation. Let me know in, uh, in DMs and comments and feedback on this episode and anything else that you've got for us. My name is Mahara Wayman, and as always, this has been The Art of Badassery. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you. Thank you.